back to the BAT podcast. After much ado, we are back with a staff edition, Howard, Alex, and Zach. Gentlemen, good to be with you. Nice, Howard. Lots to talk about since we last convened, huh? Is there? I think we had a little bit of a disagreement about what the what the agenda would be. Is there plenty to talk about? I guess we'll find out. Just the thousands of emails we've been sending week over week since we last met. You guys are coming on the heels of Reggie Jackson, so this is uh, this is this is a tough uh, tough place to be. But I think <laughs> yeah, you guys are all right. I was thinking about bringing that one up. Uh, first, thank you for allowing me to even be back. I think here. last time we sorely disappointed everyone after following up Jay Leno. Is that right? <laughs> Are you used to disappointment, Zach? I, I'm actually fairly used to disappointing people. I've been married for a dozen years, so it's nice. normal for me. I did wear day. a denim shirt with jeans to that podcast. Nonetheless, I think we do have a few things to discuss. Uh, Alex and I, sadly, Zach was not there. Alex and I were both uh, in Seattle uh, two weeks ago now for our truly wonderful alumni gathering. First time we've been in the Seattle area for that. Well, that's um, great. I get to drill you guys with questions about the event I didn't attend. You know, we've done what, maybe maybe almost 10 of those now over two or three, maybe more, maybe more. I think we've done more than that, I think. Maybe sure. 15, but uh, they've all been great. But this one may have been the best one yet, just in terms of uh, quality of cars, quantity of cars, location. Uh, it was it was pretty sweet. So what was total turnout, would you guys guess? 350, 400, maybe, something like that, Howard. It was a tremendous amount. I think it was at least 400 cars and probably 500 plus people. Yeah, we had to get a little creative with the, uh, so we shut the street down in front of um, the shop, which is a, a really cool car storage uh, facility. Thank God this event wasn't in San Francisco. It never would have worked. Oh my God, totally. So we had, like, they, you know, their parking lot holds maybe 30, 40 cars. So we had to shut down the street, had to ask the city to shut down the street in order to accommodate all the interest we had. And then... Uh, we set up the the barriers the day before, put up the no parking signs, and then so many cars showed up, we had to get a little creative about uh, the uh, outer limits of our shutdown street. Pushed those barriers back and made room for another. Yeah, I mean, this is this is audio only, obviously, so it's hard to uh, show you any photos. We, we did do a great uh, recap site post with some great video we made, so I would encourage folks to check that out. But uh, if you showed up there before the event started, you would say, wow, we got more space we know what to do with and we barely fit everyone in um so testament to everyone that came out a lot of locals obviously but people came from portland people came from vancouver yeah people a lot came of from yakima from uh from the east so people were people were jazzed great variety of cars uh, can i ask personal favorites of either of yours howard you go i first. mean there was a lot i was uh alex and i both uh were kind of doing check-in so that's a great uh great post to be at Alumni gatherings are great. Uh, the staff divvies up various roles. Some roles are, are better than others. Um, <laughs> but some people don't want to be the check-in guy because you got to stand there all morning. And, you know, it's pretty pretty active. I love it because you get to talk to every person, see every car. Um, favorites? I mean, there was probably the best first-generation MR2 I have ever seen. Uh, black. You never see him in black. Mm, supercharged? Uh, Non-supercharged. Mm. Uh, I think there was a guy in a red one that was supercharged, but uh, it was just, I mean, as time marches on, cars like that, when you see just a cherry bone stock one. I ask you the question that every single person asked that guy at a gas station and then reacted the same way. I went, mm, absolutely. <laughs> I didn't ask, even ask him if he was registered. I didn't care. I just wanted that car there. And uh, yeah, I know it was pretty good. Uh, for me, the standout was a car that I absolutely loved when it was on the website, uh, 
a Model A five-window coupe hot rod with a red ram Hemi, a little baby Hemi. I think I've talked on this podcast before about how I would like a five-window, uh, either a 32 Ford or a Model A. You love that thing. You were going nuts for that. Yeah, T55 speed gray. Only thing I would change is to put it on a, on deuce rails rather than a Model A frame. But man, Sorry, roadster or coupe? Five-window coupe, mm. four-inch chop. Uh, Red Ram Hemi, which is a little baby Hemi, T55 speed, you know, period looking. How far did he drive it from? I can't remember how far he drove, but he drove it a fair amount. He says he drives it all the time and takes his kids to school in it. He's like a youngish guy rocking a very sweet stash. Uh, He's actually in our video. They do a little interview with him in our video because I specifically told the videographer to talk to that guy. Uh, He said it was his dream car. And then coincidentally, there was also a chopped 32 Ford, Mm -hmm. louvered up, three-window coupe, chopped, also with a Hemi. This car. in it. That car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That car was fantastic. 30, 32 numbers on the side. It was uh, pretty good. But yeah, n- no flames, n- n- no nonsense. Just, just. That's the 32. There's another hot rod uh, that's a Model A. That's there actually you the Sorry, you guys are looking at photos from our alumni gathering posts. Is that correct? That's right. That's, that's right. right. I'm, dig- I'm digging through the gallery. Uh, all nine people that are still listening, Mom, <laughs> hope you're doing well, uh, can follow along on our site post. Uh, big shout out to our staffers who showed up. They were all very helpful. Quite a few people we uh, who we never met before, folks from that um, from that neck of the woods. And so that was great. So it was a, it was a good staff hang. Good to hang what out with What was the total buddies. staff turnout? Oh, man, there were at least a dozen people there. There Solid. were five or six that flew in from out of state and then maybe another five, six, seven that were uh, locals or semi-locals who came out, uh, including some folks who we'd never met before who joined up during the pandemic. So great staff hang. A number of four GTs, uh, which is cool. Um, a guy bought a super nice a Shelby series one supercharged and man, uh, there's no, there's no question when that thing's running that, that <laughs> has a supercharger. That is correct. He had the sandwich board for the car, the whole nine yards. It was great. Yeah. I'm scrolling through the post now, heavily modified wide body NSX. Oh, that then, skyline was very sick. Yeah. Completely uncut C210, I believe. Right? 110? 110. 110. Oh, <laughs> is that right? Okay. I don't know if I'm right. You're the Skyline guys. I know. This is so embarrassing. But nice to see you. Oh, the bagged yeah. NSX. You would have liked that one. He was uh, <laughs> all over the place. Uh, that car was nice pretty Nice little pretty nitrous wild. purge going on there. Uh, it was great. It was fantastic. And, and maybe the the crowning glory of the whole thing. Um, every time you know people talk about the weather in Seattle, every time I go there, it's delightful. And it was about 80 degrees and no, not a cloud in the sky. It was truly glorious. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Y2002 Turbo is up there for me. Nice, Very strong. There. Very strong car. Did you guys tour the shop facilities a bit while you were there? Uh, we did. I can't remember if Howard was there or not. We did go in the day before, as the three of us had been there years ago, maybe four or five years ago. And we can't speak about this that trip on this podcast. No, no, no. That's yeah. not for that's not for public that's consumption. PG thirteen. That's correct. Uh, Howard and I had a few post traumatic stress moments. <laughs> I uh, see. Staying downtown, thinking about uh, our twenty eighteen trip, but um. But uh, we did go inside a little bit. They've expanded a lot since we were there last time. Um, and the cars in there, man, it was Career GT in there. They were also uh, selling a car that was on site live at the time. Um, Fiber Trans Am. Correct. Yeah. And so it was just wonderful. The, the shop, for people who don't know, is this, uh, you know, my dad always wanted to do what he called a duck club and uh, just a place to gather with your buddies, have some car storage, have some food, have some wine. The shop is a is a. Can I ask the origin of Duck in that name, or is <laughs> no, that also PG thirteen? Not for public consumption. It's a, it's a silent generation thing, but nonetheless, the shop has built out a very impressive storage facility. I don't know how many cars, but I mean hundreds. What uh, twenty thousand square feet? Oh, or God, so? it was huge. Way more. Multiple buildings, and then 
you know, they've got the Derby, this amazing restaurant, which served food to all of our guests um, and people said was fantastic. So it's not only a storage facility, but they have uh, this great restaurant, great bar. So it's it's really a, a destination and a social gathering spot. And uh, when they started, now other people have popped up. They were kind of a uh, trailblazer in terms of that concept. And they opened one in Dallas. We're going to do an event there in September. Um, so we're making tease it, Howard. Tease the uh, tease the Texas. We're making the there. rounds at the the shop, and they're kind enough to host our alumni gatherings this year. So that's uh, pretty neat. Yeah, hope we can blow that one out too. Would you go to Texas, Zach? I would uh, happily go to Texas. I bought a car in Texas and drove it back. Had a wonderful time. Impressed with the state. Blown away by all the rolling hills and just natural beauty. Not expecting it. Right. But, Are we going to talk yeah. about the car you just bought that you're also going to drive back? Not from Texas. But from somewhere uh, else, we'll save. We'll save we'll, that. We'll save that content for another day. Yeah, people I, already I, have a low enough opinion of me. They don't need to. Hear I also specifically it. asked Zach not to tell me because I wouldn't be surprised by it. Oh, good. Oh, good. So yeah. Let's let's save that one. I can't even recall the last time the three of us. I'll uh, just say I packed my Ed Hardy pants. Okay. Oof. Okay. Interesting. Last time the three of us did this was was definitely maybe ended not this year, twenty twenty one. So we've obviously. Uh, had some cool stuff moving through more than we can remember in the last six months, but uh, we definitely wanted to touch on some of our favorite uh, listings, uh, current and and past. Um, we have been oogling over Countach 5000 QVs. Just you and I, not Alex. Well, Alex, <laughs> Alex is part of it. Uh, I like the one with the front wing, which was actually at our Nashville event, the, uh, the one that had the front and rear wing. So front wings, we have a white one live currently, no front wing, but the, the white front wing, yeah, I think that's the car from the opening scene of Cannonball, 1983 right. or four. Right. Uh, would highly recommend we all watch the Cannonball movies if you have nothing to do this weekend. Um, but the, my favorite one is one we sold a week or two ago, which was black gold wheels. I feel that is the ultimate spec. Is that I, wing, no wing? No wing. Well, no, I mean, no, rear, rear spoiler. Rear, rear spoiler, yeah, but spoiler. Yeah, no front wing. Gotcha. I, I'm a 5,000 fan myself also, even though I know most favor 400s, but it's pretty impressive to see them really come into their own. We sold that old, actually failed to sell that Periscopo not far before it, and it's crazy how close in value 5,000s have crept up to those. What accounts before for that, they were, do you think? Oof, man. I mean... It's all just speculation, subjective opinion at that point. But for me and my generation, I mean, the 5,000 is the one you had on your wall. Right. So the poster car with the big scoops yeah. and the wing and all that stuff. It sort of epitomizes the entire 1980s, right? Or right? the Periscopo and its simplicity is more of a 70s car. Totally. And that's the one for me, the simple original one, right? That's, that's the one I like the most. They're a little... Uh, there are, the Countach is a little a little much for me. I'm a, I was telling tell as I was telling you guys a little bit ago, the Diablo is is probably more of the car for me. That's the that's one of the first cars I remember really liking as a child was the was the Diablo. But the Periscopio, that's I mean, that's a Countach with LP four hundred. That's mid seventies, right? So yeah, totally. Probably designed in the early seventies yeah, by Gandini, right? It's got the weird cutout in the back and it's got skinny tires, which I like, right? No the, flares. Right. The 5,000 is just way more just macho, and Alex made the comment that those have, those, the values on those have increased pretty substantially in the last year, but even for a car like that's doubled in value, let's say, like still seems like makes a lot of sense, right? Sure. Uh, I've, I'm a long, uh, outspoken fan of, of the new Ford GT, I just, I just think like 
it looks like a million dollar car and it is. Uh, I think 5,000 QVE Countaches are kind of, for whatever they're bringing these days, like it just seems like it makes sense. I don't know. I mean, it's, there's not, you're going to win the car show. There's probably not going to be another one, right? So it's uh, it's good for that. Yeah, I'm just as insecure as you are, Howard. And I also <laughs> want to spend 700 grand, but have it look like a million dollars and, and couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at our Countach results here. Our first couple ones in 20, we had one in 17, one in 19, and one in 20. And they were all in the 190 to 250 range. And then since 2020, it's 400 grand and up, right? Now 600 grand. I just feel just Lambos in general are so strong right now. We can uh, we can talk about maybe broader broader what's going on in the market later on, but we had this past week, um, what did we have? We had a 09 Murcielago LP640 Roadster that sold for almost 400 grand, a green car. We had a 2014 Aventador LP, LP700 convertible roadster one of those yeah, open open car did, <laughs> did similar mid threes uh so people's appetite for for lambo's modern and vintage seems Lambo to be so interesting as a company for me because they have so few models relative to their yeah. lifespan and their model cycles are so long compared to other companies so it is interesting if you want a lamborghini from the 80s well you have a lot of options really the Countach is yeah. the one you look to what are, your, what are your options for modern? Mercy, Aventador. The Mercy is so yes, strong. Although the one that I Giardo, Giardo, Mercy Elego, Huracan, Huracan, sorry, all those Lambo fanboys. Huracan. Sorry to my Lambros out there. And then, yeah, Aventadors. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the Mercy is really interesting with the retracting, you know, scoops and like V12. The I mean, they had that V-drive. V12 that they made for a million Ooh, years. Sorry, one more. We can't forget the Murcielago with the Aventador body kit that they offered from the factory, the Reventon. <laughs> oh, very good. Okay, Zach, you're dropping some Lambo knowledge. But I feel like a lot of those, um, and maybe still like from the mid to mid late 2000s, are just kind of used supercars. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe a lot of those are, are coming into their own as kind of more collectible now? I don't know. They meet a lot of them. I think the Gallardo, like they meet as many Gallardos as they made all Lamborghinis before that combined or something, right? Like that was their first volume seller, regular doors and all that stuff. That's actually still probably my favorite modern Ferraris. I love Gallardos. I think they Early, like, like an 03 Gallardo manual. Manual. That's rear, a cool Rear wheel drive. 04's right? first year. What's that? 04's <laughs> first year. Yeah, <laughs> they were production. No, 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 I, I agree. <laughs> They, that's why I want an 03 so bad. What's the first year that you can they get a rear wheel drive gated manual? Uh, Giardo? Uh, I think. <laughs> Don't worry, buddy. You're just ahead of auctions. I think 08 or so you could get a you could get a two wheel drive with a manual, but they they were four wheel drive up until the later years. What's a is that is that 150 200 grand? What's a manual with a manual? Yeah. Uh, we sold a great one, which was I believe refreshed. I think it was a. 10 plus with a manual for the mid twos probably a year ago and i bet it's a little higher now okay no now i'm less enthusiastic it's an awful lot of money for but that. then like, what's like the bottom of that of that food chain like uh like a uh, late two, 2000s like what gallardo spider e-gear that's like bottom of the pecking order I'm yeah not it's from there. Still either side of 100 which yeah. is pretty crazy value to dollar i mean the noise that comes out of that thing sure. you look at what our rates are doing but uh, Honestly, I've, I've driven them, and the all-wheel drive system is well-suited to that car. Yeah, 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 totally. They're not 
track cars. They're just kind of yeah. cool street cars that sound fantastic. So I drove one a long time ago, and the the box was weird, right? So the manual is what you want. the 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 paddle shift thing was not good, and that was twenty years ago. It didn't feel good, or fifteen years ago. E gear, you driven an E gear? Those are not the best. I have driven an E gear. Slams it's, you into your seat, as uh, I recall, every time you shift. In my experience, everything everyone has ever said about it is 100% accurate, and it's uh, horrific to drive. <laughs> as bad as Maserati, you can't be a Corsa uh, automated manual. It's probably the same gearbox. Probably all just probably jumps is, from actually. one factory in Italy to another. Totally. But to your point about Murcielago, is that car still looks new today. If you saw mm-hmm. one parked outside, you wouldn't think it's a 20-year-old car at this point. That's very accurate. It's very clean styling. That's, that's, yeah. I guess that's what gets me about the Countach is there's a lot of crap on it. There's like a lot of stuck-on stuff. Mm-hmm. I like clean styling, and the, the Mercy has that. Right? I mean, they're so new that Kanye West dropped Mercy after the Aventador already came out. So that really should put it in perspective. Yeah, I would love to start quoting some hip-hop. Yeah, I think that, that's the hard. intro track for this podcast, right? <laughs> Is it a life goal to do donuts with both scissor doors up on one of the V12 Ferraris for you too, Zach? Pretty much. Sorry, adjacent to Kanye, we did sell a, a, Mercy, a, a Mercy Versace edition. Oh, that's fantastic. So just not yeah, aware that on. existed. Uh, no, that's wonderful. But see, that's like, is that something Ferrari would do? That's what you're talking about, about them being an interesting brand. They're like, Versace? Hell yes. Like, let's build the Versace. Yeah, Lamborghini version. leans into sort of the ridiculous of this world. They have a sense of humor where Ferrari... Takes himself very famous. seriously. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. A Versace edition Ferrari might be interesting, though. Howard, do you want to talk Heelys? Well, yeah. I want to talk some of our Opposite favorite of our favorite uh, auctions. And yeah, I was so this is truly the exact opposite of, of what we've just been talking about, re Lamborghinis, which is a, a very special Austin Healy we have live currently uh, from Bill Osterley, who's our great friend out in Indianapolis, who's been on this podcast before. Um, just a great individual, but, but in any case, uh, we have listed over the years, so we've been a big destination for Heelys, uh, early hundred series cars, BN1, BN2. We had the Earl's Court, uh, motor, uh, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. That was my second favorite Healy. Yes. We have live now a Healy hundred S, uh, which is kind of the top of the top for, uh, an early hundred series Healy. These are, they only made 50 of them or around 50. They were truly uh, built for uh, for competition, um, as so many cars of that period were. Right, they're they're aluminum bodied rather than steel. Um, I think they killed the uh, they killed the overdrive gearbox. There's a straight four speed. Um, you got the what the Westlake aluminum head, mm-hmm. uh, a number of cool performance modifications, uh, deleted bumpers, uh, and no top. Um, Smaller grill, so some things you could you could uh, identify a, a real 100s. Uh, S, of course, uh, was uh, named after Sebring, where 100s won either its class or overall in '54. Um, but you know, there's only 50 of these things. Who knows how many exist? It's if you're if you're a Healy admirer, uh, this is the one to have. And the car we have live currently is very very cool. Had uh, some really neat competition history in the late '50s. The listing has probably 20 or 30 amazing photos of this car at SCCA events in Southern California, in Vegas, Alex. I know. There's some neat, like there's a SCCA, like Southern Nevada chapter I didn't even know existed. I mean, they raced in Henderson. I didn't even know where they were running around there. 
uh, like right that track. Probably on an airport, right? Surely a hazard development or something. A lot of times they were in uh, they were on airports back then, right? I love that '50s SCCA culture. But but I would encourage anyone who who is listening or cares to look at that listing not only for the car but for these period photos. And the best thing about any of those photos, obviously, is everything going on in the background, people, cars, uh, just the the scene at those what were you know big racing events and. at the time, uh, the crew cuts and the short sleeve uh, button up shirts. I everyone ripping cigs, yes, totally. right? Just totally. amazing. The, uh, the polo helmets. Helmet. Oh, the outfits are fantastic. Yeah. Did you catch the shot of it on track with the gold wing behind it? Fantastic. That's yeah, probably my favorite photo in there. Yeah, and that's certainly an airport race. See the hay, hay bales, right? Let's set them up on, on an airfield. Um, I love, I love that kind of stuff so much. And for me, so again, like, like with the. Uh, with the with the Lamborghini uh, Countach, I, for me it's Healy fours all day long over a Healy six or a big Healy. I like those mm-hmm. later cars too, but the uh, they're just so elegant. Oh, God, they're beautiful. Yeah. They're just gorgeous cars, and the idea of a big a big four cylinder, I I love it. Um, but yeah, the picture of these guys there's a 340 mm Ferrari chasing them into a corner. Uh, old Ye- Old Yeller is old in the background of one of them, which is just an amazing kind of uh, period placement, uh, iconic, uh, uh, special. That that ran. My pop, um, my pops used to go to this. You know, he was born in the late '30s and in the '50s as a high school student in Santa Barbara, California. He would go to the airport, take his '37 Willys Coupe that he still owns, set up a ladder and sit up on top of it and watch these guys race. He saw, you know, he saw James Dean drive his 356 Speedster there. He saw uh, uh, Porfirio Ruberoso with Jaja Gabor there. Right? Mm. I think he was driving a Testarossa. Very interesting. Some kind of a 250. Um, he saw a, a Middle Eastern royalty guy get thrown from his car and killed right running into the hay bales and and uh ack miller driving his um yeah uh the um he definitely saw old yeller but ack miller had a i think a 32 ford right he had a modified hot rod that he ran a number of things yeah what what, your dad went to what races exactly all all of them he went to quite a few around southern california in the 50s Mm -hmm. so in 1955 he was 16 years old um and so he most of the time he was going to his local races which are at the santa barbara airport Mm -hmm. just around hay bales but all the big names were there and all the you know Phil Hill and 250 Testarossas and all that kind of stuff. Probably this car, right? Probably was there in Santa Barbara in the mid-50s. Speaking of 250 series Ferraris, we have uh, – you guys, I don't mean to close the door on on the heat. No, 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 no. Go. We have this uh, Tour de France bodied uh, 59, a a car that started life as a a 250 GT coupe, but that was very, very properly rebodied. Rebodied doesn't tell the whole story because it was recreated into um, a very, very accurate uh, recreation of a 14 Louvre uh, 250 Tour de France, um, which I think is certainly in the top top three of, of most beautiful 50s and 60s Ferraris, at least for me. Um, 100%, 100%. And right, recreation replicas can go a lot of directions, but in this particular, and we've sold a number of uh, interesting replicas, either replicas or, uh, you know, cars that are, are based off of, you know, a real, whatever, 59 Ferrari, but that has been rebodied or retooled to, to look like something that didn't start life as. But this particular car is uh, is pretty special. And, and we'll see, we'll see, I'm very curious to see what it what it sells for, uh, uh, if it sells and who buys it. But uh, it's, uh, you know, one, one of the mo- the prettiest cars I think we've ever, we've ever sold. I, I wish it was a real 14 liver TDF, but this is 
truly the next best thing. Well, maybe you drive it around a little bit. It's not like it's cheap, even on a on a Pininfarina coupe on a PFC uh, chassis. But it's um, boy, is it pretty! And that interior is absolutely incredible. It's a very good recreation using a you know a real you know a genuine and very kind of important Ferrari that it's built on. Right? It's not built on some you know, tube frame chassis with like a, you know, 330 Ferrari motor in it, right? It's built on a real... And the people chassis. are going are going nuts in the comments <laughs> yeah. in a great way. I mean, there is some, uh, there is some deep dives into uh, correct Tour de France builds, fasteners, uh, what goes where, oil filters, and uh, it's, it's a pretty neat education uh, if you're into that over and above what the car looks like. So, and that early Ferrari kind of maroon color, is it Chiara? What is the, what is the, that, that you know, not the Corso, uh, Rosso Corsa, that earlier color that so many of the Ferrari competition cars were, I love that color. Beautiful car. Very excited to have that one on site. You know, I think we only said red paint. Come on, it's got to be sexier than yeah. that. Can I talk about another recreation uh, that we had since it's been so long since we connected? One of my favorite cars that's ever been on the site, which was our Bugatti Type 59, uh, which blurs the lines even more between recreation and what's real and what's not, right? So yes. this is a... The original Widowmaker. I mean, just one of the most beautiful. Another car that my dad educated me on and taught me about many years ago. We saw one at Monterey. That kind of rough, unrestored one that goes to Monterey a lot. It's dark blue. I'm sorry. I think maybe the Type 55 was the original one to make or not the 59. We can come back to that. Okay. Yes, this car was cool. It was 59 is the last Bugatti Grand Prix car. It was not successful, I don't believe, because it was racing against, you know, Silver Arrow Mercedes and, and uh, you know, whatever the fast Maseratis were right before World War II. But they're so neat. And like the concept of having one that's quote unquote in 2022, all original, right. basically that just is almost a literal impossibility. Totally. So this car had a lot of original Type 59 parts on it. Including a real 59 chassis, right? Yeah, so the whole was, build is built on a real Type 59 Sorry, chassis. I'm being unfair. It was, it was it was much more than just a couple of some 59 I think it parts. is a Type 59. I think it's it fair is. to call it, it that. Yeah. There was a lot of debate about whether or not we should call it that, right? This is like one of those like internal decisions, right? It was built by a top Bugatti restorer. The parts are all authentic. The chassis is a real Type 59 chassis, but the car was... It's like the seventh Bugatti Royale, right? Like it's put together out of real pieces. What does that make it? I think it makes it the real thing, but it's not a car that has period competition history. Although so many race cars have been re rebuilt so many times, like they're all you know ship a thesis, right? Yeah. So it didn't it didn't sell, which is uh, which is a shame. But but we loved having it. It was beautifully presented. Uh, but that's a tough. Like that's a. I mean, that's a true connoisseur's car, right? That's 100%. that's nobody's first uh, vintage car. Piano wire wheels, you know, all the amazing Tori Bugatti features that are on that. It's got the oil cooler, Zach, that sits up next to you, right? It pokes up out of the cockpit next to the little windscreen. This thing, right? That's an oil cooler. So the, hot, the oil tank is next to you in the cockpit and they run the oil up through this little baffle up over the front amazing. of the windscreen. I mean, it's, I love Bugatti, period Bugatti technology. And it's, you know, it's all... Um, it, the Type 35 is the classic example and has so many of those cool, innovative Bugatti features. Um, uh, but this car is kind of the ultimate embodiment of all of that, right? And has the big, uh, the big supercharged straight eight five liter. Recreations, is, don't let me stop you guys in Bugattis. I know you got that correction you got to go back to, Howard. But from recreations, <laughs> did you guys catch the creation? His mind wanders freely. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> 
the creation that was recently on the site a few weeks ago, the mid-engine Camaro. Oh, Did man, that was an interesting this? car. This was actually black one car. of my favorite listings. Yes, black yeah, car. Yeah. And it sold. It sold. I think I fielded that one originally. Yeah, that was a fantastic listing. One of those ones where a guy could photograph in his garage and you could say, this probably isn't for us this week, or a guy could... <laughs> Come out with stellar picks and say, "Wow, that's pretty interesting." We talk about so, someone, a car that someone built for themselves. Uh, <laughs> that's it. But it was pretty neat. People, people. What is were, it? It's a first gen Camaro, Zach. Explain the spec. It's, it's very weird. Camaro. It was lengthened five inches. It is a Chevy Lumina roof from the nineties. And what I would say are probably a less than tasteful set of wheels. Would have loved to see it on the smaller wheels pictured in the gallery. Some Pantera there. wheels. It's Pantera esque a little bit. It is a little Pantera-esque, yeah. But, man, I, I just appreciate the guy that envisioned this and executed kind of homebrew style. And I think it was actually pretty well done, all things considered. Again, probably changed the wheels on that thing. I would, too. But Some campies. I, I wonder if that was the idea, now that I think about it. Like, let's do a Chevy Pantera, right? Rather than the Ford mid-engine thing, take a Camaro and make it a mid-engine car. Interesting. I would I would like to know what I would, of- too. You'd like to know what was going through the, uh, speaking of minds wandering freely, you'd like to know what was happening in the mind of the guy who cooked that thing up. Yeah, I, w- I would like to know how many Marvel Reds he ripped through <laughs> building this thing at home when it was first incepted, right? Oh, man, totally. But that was a wonderful, I mean, you know, uh, probably most famously Bugatti and, and Bentley were both uh, supercharging the hell out of their competition cars, uh, you know, people like King Leopold of Belgium were ordering type 59s and going and racing them or, or, uh, or having their kin race. And, uh, man, what a, what a time to be alive. What an era. What an era. I mean, the Mercedes too. Remember we saw a couple of years ago at that alumni gathering in, in Sonoma, they had a 154, I think, right. A silver arrow right before the war, three liter V12 supercharged running around the track, running on methanol or something, as I recall, the smell. And then they had the, what the, the, uh, they had my favorite. They had a center steer 196. Also, 196. Right? They did not drive that car, though. <laughs> yeah. That car stayed in the garage. But the 154 was amazing. Guy was wearing a leather helmet and the whole yeah. thing. Man, can you imagine this? The the what's required to run that thing yeah. per mile? I mean, I mean, there's, there's five six hundred horsepower in these cars, right? They were they were going very very fast, and these tracks had a lot less kinks in them, a lot longer straightaways. I mean, I mean, a lot of those guys died, obviously. Mm-hmm. Incredible stuff. Hmm. What else should we talk about, guys? Oh man, usually that's the universal sign of let's call it a wrap. No, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying not to talk too much. I, I, I want to talk about the Copper State a little bit, Zach. I oh, cool. oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, we totally <laughs> missed the Copper State. So we were going to do a podcast episode. Zach and Alex did the Copper State 1000. That's now uh, what two, three months in the rear view, um, and. We were very naughty and did not record the podcast we were supposed to, but uh, you guys had a real adventure, so I'd, I'd, I'd love to hear uh, to hear about that. Sure. We can start with sharing the car. We did it in. Randy was kind enough to let us take his Falcon, which is technically BAT alumni, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. on the site. On the site, 2016, sort of tulip rally style. That's what the car is modeled after. It's a 289 built into a 331, if I recall correctly. That's right. That's right. With a very large carburetor on it, as we found out. Oh, we'll get into the carb situation a little bit later. But yeah, five Really well done. Really nice. Kind of of matte matte finish, uh, black wheels. Like it's, it's, 
I mean, you, Zach, talk a little bit about the response. People were fired up. About I mean, the interest stuff. is the interest of people not attending the event, yeah. which what was most impressive. Everybody goes to the gas station. They don't care about the Carrera RS lightweight. They say shove off to the TZ1, and then they go right up to the Falcon and want to geek out about, oh, is it the 63 and a half? And just rambling a lot of Arizona gas station fast talk. <laughs> Arizona gas station talk is great. Yeah. So you, the, it's, the Copper State is a thousand mile event, but you guys did not drive it a thousand miles. No, we, we tried. Did, we did the whole thing. Yeah, we probably, man, maybe we had to go off route to limp it back once or twice. There were um, some struggles at altitude, I would say. <laughs> running, yeah. running lean or running rich? Uh, running very rich because less, less air up at altitude, right? Honestly, uh, not a lot of running. Yeah, that was sort yeah, of the big problem. Yep. Uh, we uh, was running fine down in Phoenix, and then the first stage, you know, first day, you're running up to altitude, and we had our first problem the first time we stopped. So first day, first you're, day. You're, you're 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 down in the flats, cars making good power, you're you're jazz. Yep. You take off out of the out of Diablo Stadium, you're found rocking out, and rolling. Yeah, found out a bunch of stuff about the car we didn't know, like gas gauge doesn't work, has a fuel cell, how big is it? We don't know. Let's pull our phone out, and look at the 2016 listing. I don't <laughs> think that was accurate because it took a lot more gas than we said it had capacity for. And you start so you start going up into the hills, and what happens? The car just we stopped for gas. I was like, so the first stage, I was panicked because we like didn't know what the gas situation was. But we make it to a gas station. We run with Colin Comer in his uh, in his uh, GT three fifty Shelby uh, fast uh, gauge on empty for a long time. Zach, a fantastic person for mellowing me out, always saying, "Don't worry about it. We'll be fine." We made it to the gas station, started at the gas station, but then after lunch, it did not start, and that was probably all the Valium I was slipping into your water that weekend. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the, we don't need to like ramble on about all the all the problems, but basically, the first two days we couldn't. It just it, it, after, especially after you'd stop the car and you'd try to fire it back up again, um, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't keep running, and you, I could just tell it was running rich. You could smell it, and we tried to we tried to do a little bit of a hotel parking lot tune up on day one. Had some help on that. Car ran worse on day two, and then God bless him, our then boy found Colin a better Comer. parking lot mechanic yes. on day two. That was Colin Comer. Worked right? at a similar rate of three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Comer saved the day. Comer, shout out to you uh, yeah. if you're listening. What what, what 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 wheel magic was he able to wield to get it back on the road? Well, he got a, a couple large dudes who were traveling with one of the teams, guys who had. I think the car they were servicing was a Ferrari, but of course, in their tool chest, they had lots of Holly carb jets. And so uh, uh, they were able to um, uh, to lean it out such that it ran at altitude really well, took it out that night. And that was actually when we got the most interesting person to come and look at the car. Some The hotel backs up to a freeway so people can see the parking lot of the hotel from the freeway. And this guy said, I was driving on the freeway and saw you guys standing around this Ford Falcon. So I exited so I could talk to you about this Ford Falcon. And he showed up and got out of his car and yeah, was yeah. And he was like, up. I've got a 63 and a half. I've been working on for this. Did he roll the sleeves up and, and get under there? No, but there was a great, that was a wonderful evening. Both Zach and I were feeling pretty defeated. The car had been running well for a while. People on the event, I'm and we can talk more about this. The event was wonderful. The organizers and the, all the other people driving on the event were amazing. And they were very helpful in working with the car. But that was one of those, I don't know if you've experienced this, Howard, you probably have at races and stuff where the hood is up, 
it's the evening time. People have had maybe one or two beers and then they kind of start gravitating around the car that's got the hood up. A lot of old dudes giving advice. I don't know if I'd do that. You know, a lot, there was a lot of that happening. And luckily Comer was there to or, organize it all and keep it straight. And uh, man, got some interesting stories from some other people, some interesting advice, but all got sorted out. And people was, continue with their diagnostics yes. after you already know what the problem is, sure. but yes. they're still, still a pain. Here's what I'd do if I was here. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of different, you need a smaller carburetor, you need a bigger carburetor, you need vacuum advance, you need to get rid of the vacuum advance, like a lot of that, a lot of that. Uh, but it was all very, I mean, it got sorted in the end and then, you know, last couple of days, car rang fantastic. That was it. That was yeah, it. it was down on power a little bit, but still plenty fast. And Zach, you got a real education in uh, in uh, big, powerful cars and drum brakes, huh? <laughs> yeah, I would say that uh, the Falcon is great. Leaves a little bit to be desired in terms of stopping, and what's cornering abilities are formidable. Yeah, formidable. <laughs> it has grip. It has yeah. grip. Yeah, it grips. It can take some speeds. It. It can take some turns at high speed, but the confidence going into them, at least from what I'm used to, is um, not quite on par with European cars of a similar vintage. It is not a 73 911, that is for sure. But I, I loved it. I kind of fell in love with it by the end. Um, has a T5 in it, a uh, gearbox, which was fantastic. I think you would agree with that too, Zach. Yeah, the gearbox and powertrain are just phenomenal. I was shocked at how well it put the power down. I mean, it dynos over 400, and what did it have, 225s in the rear, if yeah. even? 235. World-class T5, can't be beat. Can't be yeah, beat. pretty phenomenal. Uh, the comfort was another thing that Seats made it a particularly good car for that event, which is just a lot of driving, mostly straight. So it, it was perfectly suited for the event. But man, those brakes are much more of a suggestion pedal than anything you could use in a panic stop. Can we go back to something you said you were running along uh, at, at a good clip, as as is uh, as is tradition on the Copper State, and your the fuel gauge was reading empty. Zach was you were freaking out, and you and I'm sorry, and, and the backstory there is you just trusted or assumed that the tank was bigger than. I think gauge we pulled up or... the listing while we were in the car trying to figure it out. I mean, we were in a spot. You clearly didn't want to just get gas. No, no, it wasn't that. We were headed to selling men and there was no gas station. I see. Listing I see. said 18 gallons and by our math, we had, we burned 15. <laughs> That's right. So This is a 10 mile per gallon car. That's was, that, was, that, was that the basic assumption? Correct. And I talked to Cobra about that too. He's like, That's right. That's about right for that. So there were quite a few GT350s, and I presume they were getting similar gas mileage. Mm -hmm. They have a similar-sized carburetor on a similar-sized engine. Okay, you, you applied some some uh, uh, fairly intelligent guesswork guess to... We did the best we could, Howard. Yeah, we're fine. We made it. Pe time. People were so freaking... You've done that event, and the people are so wonderful. The organizers are so wonderful. The towns, and then for me, the scenery... I love the American West and the kind of big oh, sky man. country. Prescott blew me oh, away. Yeah. You, have you done much hanging in Prescott, Howard? Uh, I mean, I've driven through it. Have you stopped for uh, to enjoy the finer whiskey bars of Prescott? I have not, but I, please tell me that you guys did. Oh, yeah. The bar scene in Prescott is stellar. Interesting. A ton of charm. Yeah, good, authentic feel. Feels like the bars have really been there for 200 plus years. Yep. They walk have. into the Western doors, which somehow don't feel hokey. Only I do being in that bar in <laughs> my black neck and jeans. Yeah. Prescott was probably the highlight of the trip for me. Incredible. Incredible place. I live a little America still there. I'd lived there many years ago, uh, going to Embry Riddle Aeronautical University, learning how to fly. And I hadn't been back oh. in 15 years. And it was exactly as I remember. Same bars. Same Alex, bar. more tales from your misspent youth. I didn't know. Yeah. That. Yep. Yep. Uh, man, it was great. 
I loved it. I had such a good time with Zach. It was a great hang with Zach. And everyone, um, the people on the on the rally were wonderful the whole time, but really let their hair down that night. We were we were buying everyone whiskey, even some of the even some of the people who had been reluctant earlier. It was wonderful. Yeah, the great organizers great. are the other star of the show. You get you get a couple drinks in them. And <laughs> the tails come um, out. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, the, the men's council does a great job. A men's art council, and yeah, the, the hospitality on that event, as I recall, was was Top pretty much. pretty second to none in terms Top of what, what you can Top do. They, like they, they they create a vibe uh, on that event for everyone that um, clearly is enjoyed universally. We were lucky to be there. Man, the car spread, just the highlights. I think there are two 300 SL Roadsters. There are two DB4s. There is an E-type lightweight replica, which was very well done. That could have been... Oh, an Aero. It was an Aero Coupe replica. Yes. The, like, fastback, mm-hmm. low, low roof, low drag car. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I love that car. Yeah. yeah. TZ1, as I mentioned. There was that Alpina modified CS where I asked the guy, so what authentic Alpina parts are on this car? And he responded in such an endearing way and said, honestly, I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He basically said, I wrote a check for 150 grand for this thing, and I'm just stoked to be doing it around. He said, just look at it. Isn't yeah. that awesome? <laughs> but I appreciate his honesty. I feel like a lot of guys will start to flub and make up this and that on that car. And he said, you know what? I don't really know or care. I just like the car. That's amazing. I there were probably it. five or six Carrera RSs, including a no-wing car. I mean, there was a large number of those. Mm-hmm. A lot uh, was muscle car heavy, like Zach said, a lot of straight-line driving, so... A lot of Shelby's, Corvettes. Four or five GT350s, yep. two of which are hers. You some, some fast trains going down the, the... Yes, indeed. Oh, yeah, that 330 GTC. Oh, yeah, we hustled quick. pretty good with them. Yeah, 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 That was the one kind of dice that we got into, one of the only windy roads. Um, that was great. Uh, our buddy Mike in the Studebaker bought on Bring a Trailer, the uh, uh, Carrera Panamericana Oh, uh, Cristola dude. We love that guy. He's, was yeah, he's an incredible dude. Love Mike. Uh, and Chukasad in the DB2 that they also right. bought on site. That's correct. That's correct. Uh, TZ1 was the car for me. What a mm-hmm. great car. Not sure it would have been super comfortable for that event, but man, it looked great. I think the Isolero was probably my favorite car. Oh, that event. yeah. I mean, you never see those in the wild. Yeah. There was a yeah. Cord. There was a Cord 810 on the event. Mm-hmm. The guy had apparently done it many times. He had the classic Cord problem. The front doors are, are suicide, and if you drive them too fast, they can unlatch and blow backwards and sideways. That happened to him. You know, never a good sign of an event car when you only see it at the hotel at the end of the night, <laughs> but the Matra so on the event. Could oh, yeah. As well. I mean, yeah. when else do you see that it's car right. out in the wild and actually running on fast roads? Yep. Oh, there's a Cunningham C2R, C2. It's an open Cunningham. Open. Yeah. C4R? No, earlier than that. A C2 or a C3. Mm-hmm. Uh, open, kind of brutal early Cunningham, but awesome to see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't remember if it was a overhead valve or if it was a, a Hemi. Uh, but amazing, amazing spread of cars, and all of them being driven in the heat. If you could do it over, what car would you do it in? And Howard, what would be your preferred car of choice? I mean, I'd probably want to do it in like a GT40. Although mm-hmm. you'd be, you'd be cooking. I think you'd bake in a GT40. Actually, you'd not bake in a SL too. So I'd rather at least be going 140 miles an hour. <laughs> I mean, I like muscle cars for that. Uh, Randy's buddy Stu was there in a cyclone with like a side oiler 427. GT500 KR, I love those. Yes, yeah. that's it. That would be a really good one. Something with overdrive. I mean, like the seats and the the overdrive gearbox that we had were like so necessary. Whatever we, we whatever I was driving, I would want that. But like something with very good high speed comfort cruising, like that, something that's very comfortable cruising at high speed. Randy's Chrysler made a lot of sense on that event to me. Totally. 
Well, that's just comfort. He, he, he checked the comfort box fast enough. No one else has it on the event and you're cruising in that thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. One hand on the wheel max. Yeah. That black car with the three speed, that would be strong. I don't know if it can cruise at hundred miles an hour the way wow. the torque flight can, but yeah, something, something that you're comfortable, something you're comfortable in at triple digit speeds. There's also a delightful Nevada state uh, trooper police escort. And so Arizona, Arizona, sorry, uh, excuse me, Arizona state trooper police escort on bikes had beers with those guys. They were also amazing. Yeah, the police officers who were on that event. Great dudes, really interesting, and love love doing that event. And they let you let you get along at a pretty good pace, which is awesome. All right, there you have it. Uh, I think well, I don't know if we got car stuff co- coming up this summer. Uh, you guys are doing some interesting events around. Let's, let's plug the events. That's what people should come. Monterey to. coming up. That's our next big alumni gathering. Registration open. Currently. Unfortunately, the first Monterey I'll miss in like eight oh, years. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's uh, yeah, th- third weekend of August, uh, Monterey Car Week. So no, no, uh, uh, no explanation needed for that. But we're doing our our alumni gathering on Saturday instead of term three at Laguna Seca. That'll be uh, awesome as it always is. Then Tejas, we've got the shop at Texas, previously mentioned Dallas. That is in September, I want to say. And then our last gathering of the year, which I'm excited for, is Audrain Concours in October 1st. So that'll be great. Good to be here with you guys. Alex, any final thoughts? I know you've been trying to not talk as much, but I think you've been Well, and yet I dominated the conversation anyway. That's why we have you here, man. Uh, Thanks for having me, guys.